Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. interesting uh vince was sharing a testimony with me before the service and i won't give you too many details but he has a need that would arise that's not normally the case something had happened and hindered what he normally had and so he was without and uh he had some bills coming up and no money to pay him he he actually didn't get much of a paycheck and it was all by accident some kind of company mistake and so here he's got this car payment coming and he don't have the money well he just looked to the Lord Lord <laughs> now remember how many of you know that when we have a need God doesn't go wow I didn't see that coming where did that come from no he, he doesn't live in the realm of time I say he doesn't live in the realm of time. He, he knows the, the future as well as he knows the past. And he already knew that Vince had a financial need before Vince knew he had a financial need. And so here comes his car payment due, and all of a sudden he gets his letter in the mail. And it's, it's from the, uh, the lender that has the, the car loan. And they go, uh, we made a mistake. We owe you money this month. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> How many of you know that God had that all put together before Vince needed it? And he's doing the same for you. Hallelujah. So we, we, we got to be careful we don't get up here and limit God. How's he going to do that? Don't worry about how he's going to do it. Just believe he's going to do it. Amen? That's, that's, the, that's the God we serve. He goes before us. I said, he's been already where we're going. He knows exactly what we're going to need. Now, if that, doesn't, uh, if that doesn't do something for you this morning, we'll pray for you and we'll raise you from the dead. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we got some good things this morning the Lord has for us. You got your Bibles? Hallelujah. We want to welcome those watching out there, either by the live stream or by recording. You're not here by accident. There's no coincidences in the things of God. And so God has a message for you, tailored just for you, because the Holy Spirit that's in you and upon you is going to take what you hear and just make it just for you. You're not just listening to a man speak. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to take what is spoken and then to make it yours. Hallelujah. Let's believe God. Father, we thank you for this moment. You've already been here, Lord. You know right now what we need. And even though we may talk about a particular subject, you can take whatever is said and we'll hear what we need to hear. Just like on the day of Pentecost, every individual 
when the believers were speaking in that tongue, they heard it in their own language. So one person was speaking, but everybody was hearing it in their language. And that's what you do when we come under the sound of your voice. You tailor it just for us. So we open our eyes now to say, yeah, I'll see it, I'll hear it, I'll believe it, and I'll look ways to get it into action. I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we talked the last couple of times about how we are eternal spirit beings. We're not a body. We're certainly not a mind, and we're certainly not our emotions. We are a spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, I pray to the Lord that your whole spirit, soul, or mind, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. You see, we are a spirit, we have a mind, and we live in a body. You and I need to embrace that. You and I need to walk in the light of that. Hallelujah. In fact, I don't believe any person can grow spiritually until we do embrace that. Because the Bible is written to your inner man and not your outer man. Hallelujah. So the moment, the instant, we opened our heart to Jesus, we invited him into our life, his Holy Spirit came inside of us, and we experienced a spiritual birth. Not a mental birth, not a physical birth, a spiritual birth. Remember what Jesus said over there in John chapter 3? He said that you must be born again. He was talking about a spiritual birth. He says that which is spiritual is spiritual. In the contents of those verses in John 3, 1 through 7. And so understand that because we've experienced a spiritual birth, only our spirit has been impacted by the power of God. So we now are a re created human spirit you're brand new on the inside and yet in that experience your mind was unchanged now you may have had some emotions involved in this spiritual birth but your emotions weren't changed your mind is still thinking the same way that it's always thought and your body, unfortunately, is unchanged. It's still death-doomed. It's still heading towards the grave. And so it's important for us to understand that. Because when he starts speaking and describing who we've, who we've become from Scripture, your mind, your emotions, and your body will contradict what you're reading. And it'll keep it from becoming the reality it needs to be. Understand that because our mind and our body is unchanged through this heavenly birth, that it now becomes our responsibility. This is what a lot of us believers don't want to hear right now. You ready? It's our responsibility. See, we're living in a culture and a generation that doesn't think they have any responsibilities. So this goes counter opposed to our current culture in America. What the Bible says. 
completely cross-grained. No one on this ball of dirt is entitled for anything because we haven't earned it and we don't deserve it. So when we receive this heavenly birth, when we become a new creature in Christ, that we're now the children of the living God, we're now on our way to heaven and living in a spiritual kingdom on the earth, it's our responsibility to reprogram our mind. Come on. Come on. Amen. And then control our body. Hallelujah. The Bible calls this renewing our mind. And the renewing of mind is just re-educating our mind to think like God thinks. You see, you and I in the world, our mind has been programmed by the world. You and I were programmed to think like the world, therefore we act like the world. For as as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Our perception before Christ was a perception, it was a worldly perception. It was a selfish perception. It was a me perception. Well, when you become born again, you still have that same perspective. And that's why people can be gloriously saved, and you you could never tell it by the way that they continue to to live after They've been born again because they're still living by their unrenewed, carnal, world-thinking mind. So we have to go through this process of mind renewal. And it is a process. Think of it as like going through elementary to senior high school it was a progress right I'll never forget my, our son David he didn't want to go to school what kid what, what little boy wants to go to school not there's some rare instances but not many and he didn't want to go so we had to motivate him to go get on the bus well you're going to learn how to read you're going to learn how to add and subtract, and you're going to learn your colors, and you're going to learn this, and you're going to learn that. And finally he goes, okay. So he gets on the bus. First day of school, goes on the bus. And so mommy's down there waiting for him, you know, when the bus comes back, you know, to drop him off. And uh, here comes David. He gets out of the bus. He's all like, like this, you know. Did you have a good day of school? Uh what happened? I still can't read. I still can't write. I still don't know my colors. Right? Well, see, he thought he was going to get it in one day of school. Hello? It's a process. And so is the renewing of the mind. It's a little tedious. Because you, you've already looked at things a certain way. Now you have to change how you look at things? And you certainly have to learn how to, how to treat people. Right? There's a lot going on there. Now, so understand the re- renewing of the mind is a process. And in the Word of God, it's interesting, especially in the King James, it'll tell you the end 
before the beginning. It'll get it reversed. Because when you translate from Aramaic and Greek, you know, a lot of times their, their word structures are, are different than ours, where they put the verbs and the nouns and the adjectives. And so when it gets translated, sometimes it'll start in the end and then progress to the beginning. So go to Romans 12, 2. This is the beginning right here of the renewal of the mind process. Romans 12, 2. You, you got your Bibles open out there? You, you got a piece of paper? If you really believe God's going to say something to you, you'll, you'll, you'll esteem having a piece of paper and a pen so you can write it down. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed. That word conform means programmed. See, you, you, before the new birth, and even after the new birth, you still have the operating system of the world in your mind. That's the programming that you have. The world's operating system. It's in you. The hard drive has to get reformatted and put in a new operating system. That's the renewal process. So do not be conformed. Don't be patterned. Don't be the cookie cutter, you know, by the world. Don't allow yourself to continue to be that, but be transformed. Notice conformed by the world, but transformed by the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Now, again, we're talking about our mind. Your spirit is perfect already. You don't have to tweak it. It's, it's, everything's been downloaded from heaven into your spirit, including the person of the Holy Spirit. You're good to go. Up here, not so much. And see, the, the reason that the mind has to be reprogrammed is because your spirit has to work through your mind to have expression. See, our will is in our soul. It's in our mind. That liberty or that freedom of choice is in your mind. If your will was in your spirit, you'd never sin again. If you made all choices from your spirit, you'd never sin again. And you'd walk out your life very much like Jesus did while he was here on the earth. But you see, our will is not in our spirit. Our will's up here in this, in this computer that's been programmed to act like the world. And so your spirit will never get expression until your mind allows it to have it. And that's why you got to bring your mind in agreement with your heart. That's that transformation. So we break the conformity of seeing life through world's eyes and we reprogram it and are transformed. You see, we don't get a new mind. We just get one that's transformed, reprogrammed, realigned with God in the way he thinks. So let's start from the beginning again. He says, do not be conformed to this age, or don't be, don't be programmed to this world, but be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. That renewing is like taking an old piece of furniture, an old antique, and just refurbishing it so it looks brand new. Yeah. Still the same chair, 
Still the same piece of furniture, but it's been refurbished. It's been renewed. That's what we're doing with our brain. Okay? Now, here's the importance. Why do I need to be transformed in my mind? Why does my mind have to be renewed? So that you can discern, so that you can see, so that you can know what is the good and the pleasing, perfect will of God. You see, no believer will find God's will for their life until their mind gets renewed. And that's why we don't have a lot of Christians serving God. They got their ticket to heaven and they're just going to go through life the way they think they need to go through life and they'll go without knowing what the perfect will of God is. So this is why the enemy is keeping you or hindering you from getting into this book. That's why he hinders people from coming to church where the book is taught. Now, he'll just fill those churches that, you know, have a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. But, it, but those churches that are following the word of God, allowing the Holy Spirit to move in their midst, you know, he's esteemed us as wackos. You're going to go to that, that church, they're a bunch of fanatics. They actually read the Bible there. They actually pray there. They actually praise there. <laughs> you don't want to go there. Go over here where it's easy. Just sit in the back. Nobody's even going to know you're there. You can go in there and do your religious duty. Get in and get out. And you're done. You can go do whatever you want the rest of the day. Now I'm going to meddle it. I'm sorry. Let's get back to the Word. All right. <laughs> so look at the keynotes of what the Bible's saying in verse 2 of Romans 12. Number one, we have to reprogram our mind. We have to get it renewed. We've got to reformat the hard drive of our mind. We need to find out through this mind renewal who we've become in Christ. And by doing that, we'll discover God's way of living. Talking about the process, those are the first three steps of the renewal of the mind. Step number four is in verse one. Remember I said they, we get the end from the beginning? Romans 12, 1. Now this is step number four. Therefore, brothers, or believers, children of God, by the mercies of God, I urge you. So he's, he's encouraging us to do this. One translation says, I beg of you. A little desperation in saying it that way. I urge you to present your body. So who presents my body? I do. I've had other people try and present my body. I won't mention their names, but their initials are Marianne Conover. Um, I, I've had other people try and get me to present my body. And, but you know, unless I'm willing, it ain't happening. Hello? It ain't happening. That's like trying to lead a donkey that don't want to be led. <laughs> we, we, we had this neighbor. He, he was hilarious. His name was Oscar. And he had this really old Jeep. I don't, know, I don't think it was old enough to be World War II, but it was really an old flathead Ford Jeep that, that I thought was kind of cool. 
And he had these, uh, we call them burritos. He had these burrows. And they, they were not broken to lead with a rope. So he would put a halter on these, these donkeys. And he would tie a rope onto that uh, halter and then tie it to the bumper of his Jeep. And then he would drop it down into low gear, and then he would try and teach them how to be led with a rope. And there was times where he would be dragging a burrow down a dirt road with all four legs locked in, being drugged down the street. <laughs> That's a donkey or a burrow or a burrito that didn't want to yield its will to what Oscar wanted to have done. Amen. And our body's that way. So I'm the one... I'm the one who does what I present my body. I present my body to God as a living sacrifice. And so, you know what a sacrifice is, is when you put something up the, on the altar for God? Well, because your body's a living sacrifice, you put your body up on the altar to be sacrificed to God, because it's alive, it can crawl off. So this isn't something you do once, once in a while. You, you got to do it every day. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my, my body and the way it acts on your altar today, Lord. I'm going to keep it there all day long. And then when I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to put it back on there. Because it's a living sacrifice. Now check this out. A living sacrifice that's going to be holy and pleasing to God. Now, truth be told, you and I are already holy on the inside. And when we allow that holiness to begin controlling our body and we start living outwardly holy, now your body becomes holy. Somebody needs to write that down. So we present, we control, we govern our bodies to be holy and pleasing to God. And it, and it says that it's your spiritual worship. So did you see the four steps of the renewal process? Number one, you reprogram your mind. Start thinking like God does. Only the word of God can renew our mind. Because it's alive, it's a spiritual force. And it'll begin implanting itself and rooting itself into your mind and causing everlasting life to begin changing the way we think and the way that we perceive things. Therefore, changing the way that we act. There's a divine progression. How you think determines how you believe. How you believe is how you act. You can't do it in reverse order. It begins by thinking, then comes the believing, and then comes the behavior. And that's why religion doesn't work. Religion says, do this, do that, and then it'll work itself to the inside. That's impossible. It can't happen. It all comes from the inside out. How you think, how you believe, how you act. All right. Now, when you and I begin seeing ourselves as we now are through the new birth, then what happens is 
is that the Lord will build on that foundation and cause you to start growing at an accelerated rate in the spirit. Now, go on over to 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, let me make a statement. I just kind of want it to be like a footnote or maybe a goal or maybe a target. Maybe that's the way to say it. Every day, you and I need to determine that I have a goal that I've set for me in this day. This is what I want you to write down. In today... I'm going to live and make decisions from the inside out. I want to make decisions from the inside out. Now understand that every time that you're faced with a decision, your first consideration is mental and emotional. Every time. Every time. When, when Vince got his envelope with his paycheck in it and saw that it was $35 and which should have been in hundreds of dollars, his first reaction to that circumstance was mental and emotional. Like, <laughs> right? Every time, every time. And that's why that we need to be slow to act on. on making a decision. Amen. Amen. We need to go, now wait a second, wait a second, well, I know how this looks, and come down here yeah. in our spirit. And then make a decision down here, and then act. That's living our life or making decisions from the inside out. Remember Jesus says if someone slaps you in the face, offer your left side of your cheek after they hit the right cheek? That's living inside out. Because you know emotionally you want to pop that guy right in the mouth. Not always, not, not always the right answer or, or the right response. Amen? I'll tell you, a man and a woman that can restrain their emotions and make decisions from the inside out will be the one that will live above the fray in the world. Every time I've made an emotional decision, I was wrong. Wrong. Where'd you guys go? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, this is talking about you. The Old Testament talks about you. The epistles in the New Testament are speaking to you. Big difference. Huge difference. The epistles re reveal who you are, what you have, and what you can do. This is telling you who you become through this spiritual birth. Or what Jesus phrased in chapter 3 
I think it's verse 3 and verse 7, being born again, describing a spiritual birth. Notice that 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if any man or any human being, any human being be in Christ. Now see, all through the epistles, there's these phrases of in Christ, the phrase in whom, of him, by him, through him, there's about 145 instances in the epistles that are describing who you are, what you have, and what he'll do through you. And we need to find all these and get them in our head, in our mind, to reprogram who we are. You see, I'm not an old hippie from the 70s. That person's dead. I'm a new creature in Christ. And it doesn't matter what my resume was before Christ, I'm now brand new. And he says here in chapter 5, verse 17, he says, because I'm in Christ, I am a new creature. You see, start reading scriptures in which he's speaking to you and about you. Make it personal. Make it personal. Like I can read John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I need to read that, for God so loved me, he gave me Jesus. You see the difference in that? The first way of reading it is just a fact. Oh yeah, he so loved the world. But when I say me, it makes it a reality. And that's what I want the Word of God to be. It has to be a reality to me. It has to be a truth to me. And that's when life is imparted to me. Eternal life is not imparted to us by knowing something. It's imparted to us when we believe something. Huge difference. And many times, what we know disguises itself as something we believe. You've got to be careful of that. You'll know the level of, of what you believe when you start seeing the fruit of your behavior. If you, if you still have qualities of your life that you're still living like the world, then the reality of who you are in Christ hasn't uprooted that behavior yet. And you need to get into the Word. Amen? That's the only way that we can break that conformity of the world. Too many Christians, too many of us are still living like the world. And we come up with all the excuses. All the excuses. Well, I'm Irish, and you know all the Irish people have, have a temper. Well, that's, you know, hello, you're relating to the old man. You're not Irish. You're not Irish. You're a new creature in Christ. You're acting like that because you're still carnal, flesh-ruled. And you're not living from the inside out in that particular area of your life. And you've got to get it uprooted. Nobody can do it for you. 
Good preaching can't do it for you. Nobody laying hands on you can get it for you. Nobody praying for you can get it. Because you have a will. And you choose to be that way. You like being that way. Because of P-R-I-D-E. Pride will underwrite and just completely wipe out the renewal process. Because you have an image you want people to see you in that somehow you get pleasure from. You don't want to be seen as someone who's meek. You don't want to be seen yourself as someone tender. You don't want to, you don't want to be seen as somebody who cares. Oh, gee, we're going to meddling again. I'm so sorry. Um, let's get back into the Word. So here in 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If you, as a human being, that your life is now in Christ, you become a part of Christ, you've been born and you've been baptized into the body of Christ spiritually, you're now a part of Him. You can't be separated from Him because you're a part of Him. You're one of the cells in His spiritual body. Come on. Amen. It says that you are what? A new creature now see the mind gets reprogrammed it doesn't get exchanged with a new mind but your spirit is brand new you haven't been patched you haven't been fixed you've been resurrected and that which is dead is now alive and you're a brand new species in Christ look what it says it says when you become a Christian or a Christian, you are a new creature. You're brand new. You don't have a past. You're completely innocent. That's why old things or old ways of living no longer have authority over you. Now, you'll continue in the old things if you don't renew your mind. Because as you think, so are you. And all things now have become new. And because they're new, that's why we have to discover what they are. You're a new creature. There's things you don't know, Mr. Know-it-all. You've got to discover what they are. They're new. That's why we get into the book. To discover. To discover. To discover. Man, he did a work in us. He's done an eternal work in us. We just have to let it loose in this fallen world. This is what the world wants to see. They want to see that. Wait a second, you, you, you. You were like this, and now you're like this. See, they can't see your new spirit on the inside. But they'll see it when the, the spirit on the inside is making decisions on the outside. You don't talk the same. Your perception's a little different. There's a different tone coming from you. I sense... A sense of peace and, and a love about you. I, hmm. You used to be like that. But now you're different. See, you're being a witness. 
You're being a witness and you're not even saying anything. You're just living like you see yourself from the word of God because you're a new creature. And everything's different. And let it be known, Let read the fine print, not everybody's going to like the new you. A, get used to it. B, deal with it. Nobody, wrap their, not everybody wrapped their arms around Jesus. After all, they did kill him because it revealed their sin. And so when you're living like Christ around some people, they're going to see, he's like that and I'm like this. And the world will try and conform you. They'll try and get you back to who you were. But you got to go, uh-uh, honey. I got a new image of myself. This is who I am. That's why I live this way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. a question for you. While, while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm trying to sensitize your spirit now by closing your senses off from yourself. Question. Who are you? Who are you? Do you see yourself as a gender? Do you see yourself as a race? Do you see yourself as being educated? Do you see yourself as being rich? Do you see yourself as being fallen and inadequate? Do you see yourself as not really having much value at all? So today, right now, in this moment, who are you? For how you see yourself in this moment is who you will be in the world. I've called you I've separated you. I've placed my everlasting life in you. God, the Holy Spirit, now makes and has taken up residence in your spirit. You're no longer a male or a female. You're no longer a part of a race. You're not even part of a nation. Because you're now living in a spiritual kingdom, the kingdom of my dear son, Jesus Christ. So begin to transform that mind that's been shaped to think like a human being. 
take the time to meditate in those scriptures that reveal what the qualities are of a new creature. Did you know that you're holy? Did you know that you're perfect? Did you know that you're my very own child? Do you know that God, the Holy Spirit, a divine personality and person lives inside of you? And all of his resources, all that he knows, all of his power is now available to you. Take the time. Make the time. Carve out the time to find yourself in the epistles. Read books that help assist you to find these places. And begin to start thinking scripturally about yourself. And at first, it'll seem, oh, that's nice. But it doesn't seem real to you. That's because the renewal is a process. Which you'll see as you make the decision to continue to look in the reflection of the Word of God to see yourself. That the day will come, the time will come, that all of a sudden, that Word of God shall become a reality in you. And you'll see yourself as you are now in truth and in reality, the way that I have made you. That's when change will begin to the outer man. When you know that you know that you know that you're a new creature, that's when you'll begin walking like a new creature. So don't delay, don't put it off. Come and sit at my feet and see who I have made you to be in truth and in reality. And then shall the peace come to your heart. Then shall come the joy. Then shall come the knowledge of your purpose. And oh boy, what fun you and I will have. Amen. Well, I'm glad I'm here at BFC this morning. Hallelujah. He is so good to us. He is so awesome and so glorious and so wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. Go ahead and stand up. Say, I am a new creature. I am a new creature. I am a new creature. We'll see you next time, which is what? Tuesday night at 7 and then Wednesday night at 7. Billy Miller, bring somebody with you. 7 o'clock Wednesday night. That is